Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! Lions, tigers, and bears. Oh my! I'm gonna click my heels three times, and boom, I'll be back on the farm. Or on the internet. This is Sports Pass broadcasting to you fake live and direct on the Believe Podcast Network. He is the one and only slumlord of your dreams, Andrew Keller. I am Larry Olson, and I'm simply slumming. Andrew, welcome to fall. So cold out there. Thank you. I you've called me eight times this week. I'm your heater works fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna <laughs> come over again. I saw you looking at me last time, and it made me uncomfortable. So next time, I'll send my uh, my repairman. Andrew Keller. We still have an undefeated and a defeated team in the NFL. How exciting! I love when there's disparity. The Steelers, your yeah. Pittsburgh Steelers, off to their first eight no start in franchise history. Your Pittsburgh Steelers, the Jets off to their first 0-9 start in franchise history. So the Steelers are perfect. The Jets are unperfect. Is that right? Yeah. Neither has been achieved ever. Well, in the in the modern the modern era. I mean, you perfection. Perfection and, and uh, defeation. Well, no, the Miami Dolphins went perfect in like. I mean, 19. in the modern with the extended playoffs. Oh, excuse me. Was it the yeah. Was it the Browns that like were planning a offer party and they won their last game or something like five or six years ago? That was. Uh, I think it's the Browns. I and would the- I would attend an offer parade ten times out of ten over a Super Bowl parade. Well, isn't it true? Like I feel like the old ball crazy uncles that were on that Miami Dolphins team every year when a team loses. Oh yeah. They pop champagne. There's like three of them left. It's like you old farts. What a bunch of grumpy ingrates. That's not grumpy. That's celebrating how great they were. I I like that tradition. I like hearing it's, it's the random. Oh, and the Don Shula's pop champagne. I don't necessarily love the Steelers. I have a friend who loves the Steelers. That's why I kind of hate the Steelers. Whatever. If they go perfect, that'd be cool. Whatever. Let's not let a sports best go by without talking about my boy, Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. He completed 30 of 45 attempts for 372 yards and four touchdowns. He's thrown nine touchdowns in his last two games and has an interception ratio of 25 to one. The chiefs only have one loss of the season. I love Patrick Mahomes presented by reposted on the bleed podcast network. He's crushing it. Okay. On the flip side of that, the chargers suck. You live in LA. They're two and six only have, their losses have only occurred universally in devastating ways. Like every single week they try to lose in some crazy way. Their defeats have all come by one score deficit with an average margin of four points. Heartbreakers. I think you know this, but did you know that, that sports best is one degree of separation from Jared Goff? Nicole's he, sister is friends with him. They went to high school together. Uh, is this the, well, he's from Marin. Is it the sister that's the Instagram influencer? No, it's one younger than that. She oh, okay. is a physical... Uh, physician's assistant her I believe- her boyfriend is a do and he uh i'm planning on putting a chiropractor table at the wedding and just giving him a pair of scrubs and saying hey crack everybody up is the do the fake doctor it's like the you're like a kind it's of a, a it's a it's like an md but you focus yeah. on yeah love He's but you can do doctor. everything a real doctor can do it's but you're a fake uh, doctor i love listen i love when someone says they're a do i'm like dude fake doctor i love it love it <laughs> How does that generally go for you? Does it go well? But I love saying that. Yeah. Because my, my wife has a friend from college and she's always like, hey, Dr. Such is like, oh, you mean your friend, the fake doctor. I just love yeah. saying that. When you go to these parties and you ask people that they're a fake doctor and they give you a mean response, do you ever look <laughs> inward and say, I'm tired of sucking? Okay. I'm going to say this out loud. 
I typically only say it in my head. Oh, I just met a fake doctor. I don't necessarily say, oh, hey, oh. fake doctor. I'm just saying it. Oh, he's a fake doctor. Okay. So you're not tired of sucking like Cam Newton. <laughs> I'm not tired of sucking. He does so, suck. Yeah. I mean, the Patriots have not been doing well. And no. Cam Newton decided to go on the record and say, I'm getting tired of sucking. Simple. <laughs> He goes on to say, as a competitor, you know what your standard is, taking pride in your work and what it comes down to. Like, that's not profound at all. Cam Newton, like, you think just saying, I'm tired of sucking, you're going to turn it on? Like, that's, everyone is trying to win and making this declaration, I'm not impressed by Cam Newton trying to make the sports best. Hold on a sec. Just real quick, I want to push back on your Cam is not <sighs> sucking thing. They were down 10 points to a winless Jets team in the fourth quarter. Only because the Jets absolutely suck did the Patriots not add to their four-game losing streak. So I would contend they're still technically sucking. But go on. Well, yeah, they are sucking. I think that's universally understood. No one's challenging it. He's just making this decree that he's tired of it. Oh, Maybe he oh, can get one oh. more start from uh, Belichick before he gets benched. I don't. I mean, they don't really have much backup option but that's not a good look for the patriots and robert robert Kraft. maybe robert's uh, down in florida and he should come back and help Cam i like that i like that we read that quote differently i took it as he's saying they no longer sucked but you're saying he's getting sick of the sucking yeah he's getting tired I, that's how i interpret it. maybe <laughs> your glass is half full and my glass is half empty and uh maybe maybe we don't know sports gray presented by reposting the uh, Sunday night game featured two of the great quarterbacks of all time, Tom Brady, him in the Tampa Gronkineers. Tampa Brady Gronkineers. And uh, Uncle Kirk's uh, Drew Brees from Purdue, New Orleans Saints. They were building this up as like this great game, and then the Saints waxed them 38-3. to It wasn't much Ooh. of a game. Ooh. Well, but that's okay. In that game, there was a, a dubious record set by your Tampa Bay Gronkineers, whatever you call them. Um, the NFL's been around for 100 years, and Tampa Bay set a record. They only ran the ball five times, which sets the NFL record for fewest rushing attempts in a game. So I saw that, and I looked it up. You had Ronald Jones had three carries for nine yards. Leonard Fournette, famously of LSU, had one carry for zero yards, and Blaine Gabbert, one carry for negative one <laughs> yards. I feel like I could, I could take Blaine Gabbert's spot, do one carry. I would at least lose a yard or better i'd take his his game day paycheck what i find interesting about that statistic right is so in the fourth quarter they're getting killed right i mean it's, the game's not close they're down by 38 five points typically speaking when you're getting killed you run the ball to run out the clock yeah <laughs> and the, the book's like no hell no let's just keep flinging let's keep <laughs> we got this yeah, I don't think there's any team in recent history that I can think of that's been just like a powerhouse and running. Is it? I mean, I guess there's lots of reasons with the quarterback being protected more and just the more explosive offense on throwing it. I like it when people ran more. The days of Emmett Smith. Get the fullback back in there. What do you say? Look at you. You want to go ground Chuck? Just freaking mash him and gash him. Yeah, run against the Steelers. Iron Curtain, oh man, Smash Mouth Football. Are you allowed to do that anymore? I feel like you need to belong in the uh, Crazy Grandpa Club. Let's just make it the way it used to be. Well, I mean, that's why they're my Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh -huh. What's uh -huh. his face? Uh, ben Roethlisberger fell off a motorcycle with no helmet. Yikes. Everyone thought that was the end of his career. He's 8-0. No. So I don't even know mark. what to believe anymore. It's going to leave a mark. Yeah. Well, moving on to the Pac-12 and uh -oh. just college football in general. Uh -oh. Everything 
predictably is in turmoil with the pandemic hitting. The commissioner of the Pac-12 says, quote, everything about managing through the pandemic has been humbling. It's been a year <laughs> where we've experienced a shift of all our priorities and kind of readjust expectations. I'm not sure that they readjusted their expectations. Their expectations were to get some ad money and get on TV, and uh, they found ways to do that. I think, predictably, everyone's getting getting COVID. I don't know what the surprise is, Larry. So Cal didn't finish their – Cal did not play Washington this weekend because they had too many outbreaks. I feel like the LSU-Alabama game is tenuous coming yeah. up here. Um, yeah, um, the LSU-Alabama game – Ed Orgeron said, quote, I also tell. <laughs> Remember our bumper sticker, Orgeron filibuster. Uh, yeah, Orgeron filibuster. <laughs> That's my uh, fantasy football team name. I changed it. I just think this college football season, I'm not giving my heart to it, even though the Nevada Wolfpack, by the way, is it, your Buffaloes wanted to choke that up over the weekend. Uh, my Nevada Wolfpack is undefeated. I'm still just not getting in this college football season because we're making these college kids play football during a pandemic because of money. I'm going to get off my soapbox. Well, also, there's the future for the guy, the 1% of the players that are going to go pro that are putting yeah. together their highlight reels. So for the most, I mean, did you? I'm on board with them playing if they want to. Okay, I, I happened to come home late at night. I saw the uh, Notre Dame-Clemson game. I was texting, texting with our intern, Kirk. And so um, Notre Dame shocks Clemson at the last second in double overtime. Yeah. And the fan, the student body rushes the field. Yeah. Like in a pandemic, may, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we, don't, we don't rush the field. I don't know. I think people between the ages of 15 and 25 are operating as business as usual. I think they, you can tell them the dangers of it, but uh, I don't know if they're going to listen. I do have one thing. I drove from the Bay Area to Los Angeles last night, and I was driving on I-5, and I pulled up next to one of the Oregon football team 18-wheelers. Oh, wow. And uh, on the back of it says, this truck does not me. stop to rest, which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. So what does that mean? It's probably something about, like, the football team never stops, and so it's carrying on to the truck. Did you did you think about tagging the York, Oregon bus? No, I leaned out the window and I gave the old burp, burp, and so I got the the honk of the horn. Okay, well that's very exciting. We have breaking hoops news. There's going to be a basketball season and it's going to start <laughs> December 22nd. They're going to play 72 games. The players and the uh, owners have agreed. They were thinking about maybe starting. We talked about last week, MLK Day, somewhere in mid-January. Mm -hmm. But they want the full 72 games, and they're going to start December 22nd. The draft, as you know, is next Friday. Mm -hmm. And then two weeks after that, they're going to start free agency. We're going to have some serious basketball news coming up here in the next few weeks. I didn't share this with you before we started recording, but I did have an inside uh, look. There was some leaked video of the CBA meeting. Uh -huh. there, one guy goes, um, Adam Silver goes, you, you still want to be rich? And the player's rep says, yeah, I want to still be rich. Do you? And, and they all agreed. Uh, 72 games is a good way to continue to be rich. So I'm, I'm pushing back on Adam Silver. If you play 60 games, you won't be rich? You'll be less rich. You'll be, so you guys want to be. Would you rather have $5 million or $6 million? Um, I mean, I would, <laughs> uh, in, a, in a pandemic situation, I'll take the five and be good. And just like burn a million dollars? 
I sort of see. I mean, Bolson- that doesn't fit your narrative. I get what you're saying, and I agree with you in principle. But when I when I hear about these things, I'm like, all right, well, they're just going to keep they're just going to keep hammering checks. I I I I see both sides of this for them. Like I I get it, right? They make mm-hmm. the most money. You know, hey, listen, these guys sit out games anyway, so why don't you just you know kind of rotate the players and have them sit out? Whatever. I get it. I get yeah. it. All that to say is we're going to have some NBA soon. I'm like I'm excited. Yeah. So the, this weekend, I was doing some repairs. As you mentioned, I'm a slumlord, and I had yes. to change the light bulb. And to change the light bulb, I had to hoist myself up on top of the counter <laughs> and change the light bulb. And I felt like I accomplished something by getting to the top <laughs> of the counter. But then I read this story that Emily Harrington is the first woman to solo climb the Golden Gate route of El Cap in Yosemite National Park. She did it in under 24 hours. She's the first woman, fourth person to do the Golden Gate route. She's crazy. So, so the three before her were for were guys. They were guys, yeah. Is this and, the same route as the Free Solo movie? Yes, it's that's uh, I think arguably the hardest route. Uh, she had tried it before and failed. And I saw this picture of her. I don't know if you saw, but at the beginning she had a slip and she hit her head. And so she's got this picture of her at the top, and she's got this gash on her forehead and blood streaming down. I would argue that of the four people, she looked the most badass after finishing. Well, it's funny you say that, that she tried it before and failed. She didn't fail too badly because she's still alive. Like, I feel like if you're free climbing El Cap and you fail, you die. I was trying to figure that out. I don't know what free climbing versus free soloing mean. Like, I think the guy that did free solo did it with no ropes. And the pictures I put together, it looks like she had ropes. Like, there was a safety net and... She just oh, did it without, I see, uh, without like taking a nap because normally I think under 24 hours is a big deal. Like you sleep on the side of the mountain. I'm not sure, sh- I couldn't figure it out, but I don't think it's no ropes. Like, because she fell on her fail attempt and she was like yelling at the belay how frustrated she was. I feel like we're pooping a little bit on Emily's parade here. I thought I was saying this is a big deal. I'm saying that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. She's awesome. I said she's like wed. It's, a feat by any stretch. Well, okay. Emily Harrington, I mean, once again, you got up on top of your counter. I could maybe make it up my staircase. So you I, have know a theory, what? I have a theory what happened. She failed the last time she tried it, and she went home. She had a bowl of Wheaties and said to herself, <laughs> I am tired of sucking. <laughs> so there's hope for the Patriots. There's hope for the Patriots. <laughs> um, in addition to free climbing breaking news here on Sports Best, we are in the midst of one of the finest traditions in all of the whole wide world. The Masters is upon us. As you know, typically held in April, this year's 84th Masters will begin this week for the first time ever in fall. In, uh, yeah, fall? fall. It's November? Fall. Yeah. It's not winter. December typically. is uh, December 21st, I think, is a solstice, which marks the beginning of winter. My birthday so we're not quite is the fall solstice. Fall so. solstice. Um, so the big difference would be from April to November, I know you're going to um, be worried about this, but the azaleas will not be in full bloom like they typically are when we watch in April. Well, fortunately, that's the only difference between this Masters is the azaleas won't be in bloom. That's the only thing no. that's going to be different. Incorrect. <laughs> Incorrect. The um, As you know, because we're in the vertical equinox of whatever you're calling this, it's there's going to be less sunlight in november so typically speaking they would just go off one at a time on the first hole but they now got a shotgun start this on one and ten so they get all the golfers in because they have let you can't golf until eight o'clock at night is that why they're 
Is that why they're having two people do the ceremonial tee off? It's Jack Nicholas and um, Gary Player. Typically speaking, they have a bunch of grandpas teeing off. It's usually, I think, um, Jack and uh, Gary. Gary. I think there's typically two. It used to be Arnold used to join them back in the day as well. So there was three. Mm-hmm. Next year, I forget his name is Lee something or other. Lee, it's not John Daly. Lee, it was the first African-American to compete in the tournament. Will become like the third person to have the ceremonial tee off. One thing I thought you were going to pick up on, but there's going to be no spectators at the event. No spectators, which I guess the local area is projecting to lose an approximate $120, $120 million in revenue for the people not being there. And I had an idea that I want to submit to Augusta National. Okay. Flip to a public course. People are going to show up. You're going to make that money. Um, I've heard that it's notoriously hard to get into. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if they care that anybody comes. I think they literally just like, who cares? I, I, I think you're right. I think they don't care. One of the coolest things I think about that course is they have a full HVAC system subterranean that dries out the fairways and the greens. It's like this crazy thing. I've talked to people that have been there, and it's just kind of tucked off to the side, and you – like the uh, the equipment, but they have this duct system underground, which is crazy. I feel like I need to share this story because we're talking to the Masters. It's so great. Um, anybody, that, as Andrew said, it's really hard to go watch the tournament, let alone play Augusta. We have a big-time mutual friend named Jason Jung. <laughs> I'm going to out him here. Um, he was invited to play Augusta. So, like, it's a big deal. He's a huge golfer, set to play Augusta. And then our really good friend's wife passes away. Mm. And the funeral is that weekend. So he has to choose between playing Augusta or going to the funeral. What did he choose? You know what he chose. I actually don't remember. He did not go to the funeral. Oh, what would you choose? <laughs> uh, I don't listen, bro. The odds of me getting into the Masters, I don't even have to. <laughs> Ooh, big non-answer. I like I, it. This is not even like it's not happening. Breaking news: Larry Olson has never done an Ironman triathlon. <laughs> You're going to make I, me cry, aren't you? You're going to make I, me cry. I'm making time for this because this is a sweet You're going to make me cry. I saw I saw this happening. I saw the news. This guy, Chris Nickick, was the first man with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman triathlon. I saw it. And then I, I looked into it closer. And the headline I saw was, a Florida man finishes. And I was like, what is this? He <laughs> overcame every odd. He's from Florida. He's uh, got Down syndrome, and he finished the 2.4-mile swim, 112-mile bike, and 26.2-mile run, and he did it in 16 hours and 46 minutes, which is 14 minutes shy of the cutoff. That's amazing. So you're saying some headline jabroni (laughs) went with a Florida man finishes (laughs) Ironman instead of a dude with Down syndrome. Like, what? So, I mean, I think it's impressive. It's I have no desire to do an Ironman. Um, so I don't know, but I mean, the famous saying always is anyone can do it, but not everyone will do it. And this is proving the point to the extreme, which is this awesome that he's doing this, Nick, but I think what it, what it will do is it will possibly inspire people maybe with Down syndrome or other disabilities to do amazing things. That's what I think that stretches the idea of what people can do. Yeah, I feel like the Ironman triathlon is the platform in which you can say anything is possible. There's a guy who's done a bunch of them with, uh, he has a kid that is completely immobile and he's done it with his son who like, he pulls a raft, he's got this um, custom stroller, custom bike. And so it's like, 
your willpower, you can complete anything. And I think this completely epitomizes what the sport's best is. Chris Nickick, you are my hero. Congratulations. That is the time we have for this week on Sports Best. He is my favorite slumlord of all time. He owns multiple properties. If you'd like to have him come fix your heater, look up Andrew Keller on the internet. I'm Larry Olson. Thanks for listening.